The Death of the Art podcast is a Neon Crypt production and is recorded in York, North Yorkshire, England. My name is Dorian Deathley, a ghost tour guide and professional spookologist. And I'm Dee Dee Deathley, spook enthusiast and professional ghost botherer. Expect extreme ghostly peril and be warned, some mildly spicy language may occur. It's happening. Can you believe it? I certainly can. After 400 years of telling people the podcast will return, the podcast has returned. Magic. New format, new intro music, same old tired humans, <laughs> piles of smashed meat. Oh, but it's true. <laughs> Just slumped in their armchairs and sofas, or in my case, sat awkwardly on a beanbag. Like a pate smeared on the table of life. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. If you don't know what this is and who we are, I suppose we should do... I know we've introduced ourselves in a little bit about that. We should maybe go in a little bit little bit in depth for the first one, for the reboot, because we might be... I think we'll have a lot of new people joining us for this episode. So I reckon we get, like, one soft reboot-ish, hello, this is who we are, out of the way. That sounds fancy. And then to business. You 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 should go first. Oh, Introduce myself before you Who introduce yourself. Who on earth are you? <laughs> I'm Mrs. Dee Dee Deathly. Mm. I reside in York. Yes. And I am a ghost botherer. That's true. <laughs> I was hoping you'd expand more on the very formal bit at the beginning that we had before the music. I want more f- familiarity. What are, your, what, what are your fears, your hopes, your dreams? <laughs> <laughs> um... What do you want that's from a, this madness we call life? That's a big question. I like cats. You do. Uh, and drawing. Mm. I also can be found often on skates whistling at people. Roller derby, that is. Just for fun. Just, um. just in town, people are trying to go by the business. You're like, toot! <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I help to run the tour guide company. You the pretty Deathly much Dark run the tours. tour company, let's be honest. I, 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 uh, I in turn, I'm Dorian Deathly. Uh, and I am the, I suppose I'm the, I'm the loud one, the one that goes out and shouts at people for a, for a living. Basically, yeah. shout at people about ghosts and shout at ghosts about and shout people. at ghosts about, yeah, you know, got to keep keep it flowing both ways for balance. I also enjoy cats, maybe not as much as Mrs. Deathly does. Not um, the same cats. Not the same cats. Very different views on cats. Um, I enjoy large amounts of carbohydrates. Um, uh, too much sugar in my coffee. <laughs> Uh, too I much en- coffee. I enjoy too much coffee. I enjoy worrying about things that probably aren't worth worrying about uh, and waking up in the middle of the night screaming in a cold flop sweat. Those um, are my hobbies. I also struggle sleeping because my husband frequently wakes me up screaming. <laughs> frequently. We shouldn't laugh about this, but I do frequently suffer from night terrors. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. But it's um, funny for us, not for the neighbours. And outside of the, 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 the Deathly Dark tours, uh, which is a shameless plug, ghost tour that runs in York every Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Other tour slots may be available. Please check website for latest running times. Uh, we also do a lot of virtual stuff. We do virtual ghost tours. We do um, all manner of streaming things, Tales in the Fireplace. And this, this is a thing very close. This is something I've always wanted. I've always wanted to produce a podcast, which most importantly, people listen to. Mm. No shade intended. I personally have launched a couple of podcasts over the years that nobody's listened to. So it's lovely that we actually have an audience here. It's a welcome change. So the Death of the Dark podcast is a collection of strange ghostly stories. We're going to focus on one main thing per episode. There will also be an interview with a friend of ours who has encountered something, or perhaps not as you may find out that to be the case, to be there's a word soup, tangly, blamange right there for you. Uh, And then every episode um, at the end of the show, Mrs. Death and I are going to take it in turns to present to each other the most ridiculous ghost story we could find. And it's my, I've gone first (laughs) and I have found a doozy for you. Oh, wow. I'm so Mm. excited. That sounded sarcastic, but... (laughs) It really did. I'm so excited. Yeah, good for you. What do you do? Spend five minutes on your phone looking for a weird ghost story? Yes, yes, I did. But I found one straight. I had to Google some very strange things. I'll I'll, I'll tell you more about them. 
But for today's episode, um, I should say this month's episode, because we're going to probably put one of these out a month. <laughs> I've said it now, so there probably won't be another one for a year and a half. Um, <laughs> we're going to be focusing on... The bar guest. Yeah. There's an awkward pause there, wasn't there? Well, I thought you were having an aneurysm and I realised you were looking at me to... Waggled my eyebrows at you, <laughs> sort of threw it over to you with my with my forehead, funk. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, today we're going to be talking about the bar guest of York. Oh. Argy Bargy. Bargy Wargy. Bargy Wargy. Um, I've got a list of names it's known by, and, and none of I've not encountered Bargy Wargy anywhere. Well, there you go. You'd better get editing Wikipedia. Off I go. Wik- <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if I'd written the Wikipedia page that you were getting all the information from? I mean, I have cited <laughs> other such sources. I've, <laughs> I've, not just, <laughs> I've not just hit Wikipedia for this. I've gone to other places. I mean, I definitely have looked on Wikipedia, but, um, you know, it's the font of all this. Wikipedia gets a bad rap, you know. Yeah, mm, yeah, it's a, a source of knowledge for a yeah. lot of things. Uh-huh. But it can be it can be fundled with, can't it? Bungly fundled. 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 Is that like fundled it's with fun fundle? Fun intent. A bit of a fun fundle. <laughs> uh, the the so the bar guest of York. I mean, I say the bar guest of York. Um, I should just really say the bar guest. Yeah. Because it visited York. That's that's the thing. He's or she is not specific to York. All references I've found have said he. Okay. Interestingly. That's good to know. We're dealing with a he. Mm. I think first time, let's let maybe experiences that we've had and encounters in, in, in you know how how has the bar guest brushed up against our lives? Mm. Firstly, I talk about the bar guest on my tour. Um, right at the start of the night, we begin on Grape Lane, which is the the um, lovely little street that connects Swinegate and Petergate, and and Grape Lane, once known as Grope, <clears throat> some. Word that's a bit too spicy even for this podcast lane. Grope Spice Lane. Grope Spice Lane <laughs> uh, is connected to Stonegate by Coffee Yard, which is the longest Snickle Way in York. Uh, if you don't know, Snicket Ginnell Alleyway together. Snickle Way. Don't say that too loud. You're in the older community of York. Yes, the slightly um, um, not not that's 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 not not to tar all with the same brush. There is a definite um, age bracket in York that seem to be really annoyed by the word Snickleway, mm. which is a shame because it's a great word. Mark W. Davis came up with it. Uh, he wrote a book called, it's something like A Lovely Walk Through the Snickleways of York in the oh, 1980s. Oh, a lovely walk. Oh, a lovely Ooh. walk. And I always say Mark W. Davis clearly walked through the Snickleways of York in the daytime. Because mm. if he'd done it at night... Ain't nothing lovely about a Snickleway at night. something probably weird about them. These high-bricked, claustrophobic... Long stretches of pathway and um, no escape. No, well, there is. Once you're in, the only way is back or forward. As well, with most, usually, yeah. <laughs> as with most things, people find them in. Uh, oh, oh no! Uh, what have we got there? What snickerways do we have in in York? Coffee Yard, of course, the first one. Lady Peckets. Lady Peckets. Uh, Netherhorn Pot. Mad Alice. Three Cranes Lane, and the best one. Whippy Whoppy. Whippy Whoppy Bar. Whitmer Wobbler. Wobbler Wobbler. <laughs> or Walla Walla Gate, as the Americans called it. In the well, it is a really long, complicated word. <sighs> Whitmer Wobbler Gate. It's those whi- whippity whippity. Whippity Wobbler Gate. Wizner was the original pronunciation of it. It's supposed to mean uh, Water Street, is what they say. And I don't like that because I, I. heard neither here nor there. That's the one I always go with because Whitmer Wobbler. We know gate is a deviation of an old Anglo Saxon word meaning. Street, gate, Garter Street. Um, so you've got the, the, the bit before the gate is obviously the bit that precedes it. So if there's a big church nearby, you'll never normally have the name of the church. So it'd be mm-hmm. like um, Peter Gate is named after the, the Cathedral of St. Peter, the Minster, the, Metrop- something like the Metropolitical Church and Cathedral of St. Peter here within of York, something. All right, no one likes to show up. <sighs> something along with it like that. <laughs> uh, but uh, St. Peter is, of course, the, 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 he was supposed to be, he was given the keys to heaven. Um, so you, know, you meet St. Peter at the Pearly Gates. It's that oh. St. Peter. Um, and yeah, St. Peter Gate, um, gosh, well, um, St. Saviour Gate, St. Saviour's Church. Uh, and then of course you have Whitmer Whatmer Gate. So to me, I'm like Whitmer Whatmer, Whitmer, that's four, Whitmer Whatmer Gate. So you've got four syllables. So Water Street is three. Mm-hmm. Whitmer Whatmer is, doesn't line up. No, you're I'm right. calling shenanigans. There's no but Whitmer then, Whatmer 
nearby either. Neither here nor there for street. Mm. Neither this nor that for street. So I, I lean into the neither this nor that, neither here nor there. Whip my, whop my. Interestingly, uh, as, a, as a, I know we've gone off to a wild tangent before we've even started talking about the bear, the bear ghost, the town ghost, the devil dog of Yorkshire. Um, did you know that down at Whitmer Watmergate, there was a point where if you had a, an ill-behaving wife, you could take her down to Whitmer Watmergate and give her a spanking publicly? Wow. How times have changed. I mean, now that you say it, mm. that kind of would make sense why it was called that. I'm guessing you're saying that came after it was named, but a whip and a whop, it's like... A slap and a slip. Yeah. A biff and a boff. <laughs> but yeah, the Americans, they couldn't pronounce it. They used to meet at the top and apparently go down into Fossgate, into the drinking, good hard drinking of the merchant quarter. And they couldn't pronounce it properly. They'd be like, hey, why do we meet a whip? Why do we... we, 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 we in the end, yeah, walla walla gate. Uh, don't like Lazy. Yeah. Lazy. Put the effort in. Acknowledge the whip. How dare you? How dare you? But yes, yeah, so the, the, I, I tell the story of the bar guest. Um, I don't tell it in Coffee Yard, which is what my original intention was, because you go through Coffee Yard past Barley Hall, the medieval banquet hall in New York. You've got a lovely open courtyard. I do sometimes, if I've got like a private tour, it's a small group, I'll stop there and I'll chat. But it's quite a thoroughfare. People do use Coffee Yard to, to jump between... Um, yeah, the streets. It's, uh, convenient. And, yeah, yeah. So, so stop with a group of like fifty odd people in there. It, it's just a bit rude. Also, when the Printer's Apprentice, if that uh, currently closed, I don't think. Sadly, I don't think it's, it's like a, a little bar, like a little restaurant. Didn't didn't reopen again um, when everything else did. So I imagine at some point that will reopen, and they tend to have outdoor seating as well. Mm. So some, and if it's got a bigger group, I'll take them round through Petergate. But yeah, Coffee Yard is in a number. And I'd love to, and I do sometimes stop with a smaller group there, but I normally tell the story in Bedern, round near the Saint, uh, Evangelical Church of St. Andrews. It's a, a lovely, spooky area. It's a really spooky area. Even at the moment, while it's still, it's still quite light as we're getting through mm-hmm. there at night, and I get up on the bench and I tell them the story of, you know, I talk about Bartlegarth. It's a street we've just come through, and a Bartle is, a, is an imp or a demon that attaches itself to your soul. Uh, and brings around. That's why you said a yattering. A, mm-hmm. a Bartle or a yattering is a little evil creature that is um, said to just get in in the way of your life. But a Bartle, um, interestingly, is uh, another word for a house imp mm-hmm. or a house-based demon. And some people actually call the bar guest uh, is, is is another. It's, it's a weird translation for it in 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 the uh, sort of Durham area. People actually refer to house imps as the bar guests. Oh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, there's loads of deviations. So Bartle yattering bar guest. Uh, yeah, for some reason Northumberland slash Durham, um, a household elf or a ghost can often be referred to as a bar guest, it's like house guest, hmm. unwanted house guest. So, I guess that brings us to what is the bar guest? Well, it's many things. So. I think we should start off with what it what it's famous for here in York. Mm-hmm. That's what you know. That's what I find interesting. So, in York, it's it's known to be um, people lean more to the German, which is Bergeist, or um, which means bar ghost. Geist is ghost. Another interesting one is that in the Victorian times, Northern England particularly, um, before that, ghost is a word that began to appear more. But before that, it was called a geist or a guest. It was pronounced guest or geist before uh, it was known as a ghost, particularly in Northern England, which is where we are right now. And I think that's interesting that it's kind of got that weird, like it's 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 morphed its way through. Mm. Yeah. So in York, it's known to be this big, black, horrible beast that roams through the Snickleways, the ones we've mentioned, Coffee Yard, Nether Hornpot, and it's witnessed some say um as a, either a large dog mm-hmm. or a series of small dogs people say they sometimes see lines dog of procession a do, dog 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 um uh what's the word i'm trying to say parade a parade <laughs> a dog parade <laughs> oh dog, here comes bum, bum. the dog parade that doesn't sound quite terrifying yeah. doesn't it the that dog parade lovely. we've had cows calves masses of snakes there's a one bit of writing that i really enjoy someone said that they were they it was witnessed to be a shapeless slithering mass of hatred 
Oh, no. A darkness hopping from one shadow to the next. That's mm. bloody disgusting, isn't it? It's quite stressful, that, isn't it? Um, for many, though, it's it's a feeling. It, it it manifests initially as a as a as a a knowledge that there's something with you as you make your way down through the back streets. You know that you're not alone. You know that there's something in there with you. This I find that really interesting because the thought of it being a feeling mm-hmm. kind of goes back to why people refer to depression as the black dog. Uh Uh-huh. Because you feel like something's weighing on you. Oh, it's definitely, yeah, there's definitely a connection to the two. um, I was actually looking into it, and um, apparently Winston Churchill once made, um, well, once said um, something about the black dog on my shoulder, Uh meaning like, you know, the the emotional distress and depression kind of feeling. Yeah, something isn't quite, ooh. Yeah. Um... It actually dates back. There's there's um there's like a, a number of mentions about the creature, and there are there are loads of different versions of it in folklore. And the earliest mention I could actually find is people draw parallels between um, uh, Cerberus, the the the, tr- the three headed dog from the Greek mythology. Yep. Going back to that, um, people talk about hellhounds. Um, there's a really good bit of writing from 1577 that was. Um, there was a poster uh, placed up in, in, in Suffolk and it was actually like a, a warning poster. People were warning the people of the area about this large black dog that was roaming the hills. Um, and, and some people actually started posting rewards for its capture. Hmm. So for a while there were like, numbers of people going out into like the, the area around Bungay, genuinely trying to capture this giant black hell beast I have always thought thing stories like this about, say, a big black dog that's going to get you if you go into a certain area uh-huh. may have been some way of keeping people from going out wandering, Absolutely. like keeping people where they wanted them. So then this really backfired if people start going out looking for it because mm-hmm. this is a reward. It's kind of gone, it's, it's done exactly the opposite <laughs> yeah. that they wanted. They're like, you know, uh-huh. keep out, there's a big black dog. And then the someone's age like, old story. I'll, I'll give you 10 groats if you... <laughs> Groats, of course, being the old Northern England currency that was used by people who'd moved here from the West Country, apparently. We'd buy you five groats. For the big black dog. 25 groats for the big black dog. Uh, There's loads of other names for it. Um, uh, And one thing I want to stress is... What one of the lot? There's a lot of deviations from it as well. Uh, I wrote something down here, and I'm going to I'm going to read it um, as I as I wrote it. So I wrote. It's important to note that these are all variants of folklore and fairy tales from Greek, Victorian, Norse mythology, but with distinct differences. But they are easy to confuse. Mm-hmm. So you have all of these varying creatures like Hairy Jack, Padfoot, Skriker, uh, Bogey Beast. That's a brilliant Ooh. one, and my favourite one. The Shug Monkey. Hello. It's meant to be a half dog, half monkey. Do you know what my favourite is? The Shug Monkey. Black Shuck. The Black Shuck. That was a darkness song, wasn't it? The Black Shuck. Also, Padfoot was the name used in Harry Potter. It was, yeah. Big old black dog. They, the Padfoot comes from the idea that when uh, when the Black Shuck, when the, when the dog... Let's just, I think Black Dog is a kind of overarching... Mm-hmm phrase that's often used to encapsulate all these creatures. Padfoot was used because it was meant to be the description of the sound of the feet padding boom, 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 towards you to hear mm. boom, boom, the sound of this beast approaching the padding of the feet on the floor. And I've kind of taken these stories and I've woven them together for my tour and I've sort of, I tell the story of it now because it's, it's the, the main thing, the main thoroughfare, I think, throughout all of these, the, the, the sort of connection is that uh, it's almost always associated with death. Mm-hmm. Almost always. All the variants, Skriker, Harry Jack, um, the Black Shook, the Bar Guest, they're almost all associated with the idea of of death. Um, or like a punishment, getting getting punished. Well, there's, there's a thing about them in, um, I found some old writing, where people said it would appear as a, 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 a token of death. Um, and the... The, the creature would lay across thresholds to houses 
um, and it would essentially mark that house for death. And another one was if it appeared in a town, it meant that someone notable mm-hmm. in the town was going to die. The Bargus would always reappear around the time of their funerals. Well, the black dog, I should say, was always appear around the funerals. People often said they would see, again, that procession of small subservient dogs following the funeral procession along. Strange one. Um, there's loads of there's loads of it. There's loads yeah. of stuff going back. I've um, I actually found things where people would say it would be hereditary. It would run in the family. So one po- one person in the family saw the bar guest and then died soon after. Then uh-huh. the next person in the family, if they saw it, they'd die soon after, and it would kind of pass along. That mm. that's horrifying. Yeah. A, so the the one the one the one that said to the York version of this. So I think it's one we're mostly going to focus on. Uh, it said it can appear as many forms. An interesting thing that I I wasn't aware of is that there is a legend that it can turn its victims to stone by gazing upon them, what? and it paralyzes them. So it's this, it's it's just a phrase like it can turn you to stone. It's not that you turn to mm-hmm. stone; it's that you be, you basically your entire body locks up and paralyzes, and that is when it will attack you. Basically, it will rend and rip and tear and maul you, mutilate the body, and you'll just be there, powerless to do anything, to run, to scream. The idea is you're, it's, it's essentially you're just stuck while it does what it wants to do to you. Oh. And people started finding bodies, um, and it, the, the words that they used were inhuman marks on the chest and the torso. Um, wounds caused by an inhuman tool. Oh. Yeah. And it would enter the city, the bar guest, this one that we're talking about. Um, Some think it's it's one, it's a creature that lived in a place called Troller's Gill in the Yorkshire Dales. Um, Gill is, is, it's a gorge, it's like a narrow ravine or a valley. Comes from a Norse word, Gill. Modern version's got two L's, the old version's got one L, if that Mm. sort of thing interests you. Uh, And it appears, this this place is near a place called um, Grassington, near Skyholm. It's also known as Trollerdale. Oh, that's nice. Trollerdale. Uh, and, and, and William Hone, he wrote uh, a great piece of writing called The Legend of Troller's Gill in the Everyday Book. It, it's like 20 verses, and obviously I'm not going to include the whole thing here, but I'll, I'll upload the whole thing to the Patreon. Uh, there's one phrase in there. There's one uh, section. By peasant men, where the horrid glen doth its rugged jaws expand, a corpse was found where a dark hue frowned, and marks were impressed on a dead man's breast, but they seemed not by mortal hand. So that's very much tying into that idea of marks by an inhuman hand, is what the, the what people would talk about. A spectral hound. A spectral hound. That's a nice phrase, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. You know, there's other mentions. A lot of people draw lines between um, the the dog from Dracula, because there are sightings of the bar guest in Whitby. Yes. People often talk about that. Was it, uh, what came first, the chicken or the egg, the the bar guest or the, 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 the Dracula dog of Whitby? Well, I can tell you. You can? Yes. Good. Um, well, obviously, if you've read Dracula, I know we have. I certainly have. <laughs> <laughs> um, when Dracula first sets foot... In Whitby, he takes the form of a black dog. So he jumps off the Demeter, yeah, the Russian, the Russian and boat. It said that Bram Stoker would have put that into their work because it was well-known uh-huh. story in Whitby about the black People dog. People would Whitby. often talk about the black dog. Yeah, and actually, there was—I don't know if there still is—a uh, brewery called the Black Dog Brewery in Whitby. Oh, mm. oh. We went to a lovely little brewery in Whitby. Near the Abbey. Near the Abbey. I can't for the life... Is it just the Whitby Brewery? Maybe. Possibly. Oh, have we just made it up? Is this going to be one of those things where we go back to investigate for a second time and there's just barren land and people go, <laughs> there's never been a brewery around here. Oh, there here. was a brewery, but it burnt down five Why years ago. Why are people ago? from West Country know. back again? Why <laughs> Go to Whitby. You don't have any people, you know, oh, have you heard the story of Dracula? Oh, he's a proper wrong'un. Dracula. Dracula. No, but the fact is... Um, for a very long time, it's been said there's a a black dog that haunts the streets the of Whitby. A terrible black it, dog. It was talked about before Bram Stoker wrote Dracula. So the idea is that the, it's it's it, it's it's suggested 
that the one from Toller's Gill or Trollodale is the one that came, came to York or, or perhaps comes to York uh, and enters the Snickleways to seek prey as an omen of death. Um, if you get close to it and you're not its intended target, it said it would lash out at you. It wouldn't kill you. You'd be you'd be marked by a wound that would never heal. Oh, that's horrible. So I think a lot of people think that might tie into again that dread, anxiety, depression. That it's not necessarily a mortal physical wound. A it's, mental wound. It's a spiritual oh, wound. So like much worse. You will never. And I think it's especially now, after what the world has and you know is still going through. People are probably feeling things like this more than ever. That people are more aware of of kind of brain fuzzies and mental health and such. Mm-hmm. And I think I can see a lot of people as I'm talking about it on the tour. You know, and I say people talk of the black dog, the, the 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 heavy, the dog on the shoulder. And you can see so many more people than four or five years ago when I worked on the for a different tour company. They mm-hmm. kind of it would pass by them, but now I think so many people have found themselves to be struggling with various things of that ilk that you, it, it's more of a relatable story now. People can mm-hmm. they nod, they can, you can see people when I talk about the bar, the Bartle and the Yattering, the idea of this small demon laying trivial misfortunes in front of you. Uh, you know, little tiny things to just chip and ebb away at the soul. You can just, I can see like at least half of my audience just closing their eyes like, oh God, I know what you mean. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. The milk. Can you do us all a favour? The milk. There was milk in the fridge last night and when I opened up the fridge this morning, there was no milk. Even though there was definitely milk there last night, I'm clawing at my face as I say this. I'm just like, the artery. We can hear your beard. Just the scrumbling of the beard. I'm just fondling the microphone in dire frustration. The, y- the yatterings batter around these parts. <laughs> There's a bloody yattering in my house. There's a way to get rid of the yattering, though. There is. Tell us. So, uh, if a Bartle or a yattering has attached itself to you, uh, the idea is that it, it wants you to break. That's that's what the idea is, that it wants you to become so despondent and loath, you know, get that you become known for being that person, you know, that, oh, God, why do these things always happen to me? Everything's awful, you know. You, you, you know you're like, morning, they're like, oh, is it? And you're like, oh, all right, bloody hell. Mm. And people just go, oh, yeah, yeah. Trevor, other names are available. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's a, he's a right miserable pile of oh, can't stand the man just oh, oh. and if that happens and you become genuinely loathed and despised by even your loved ones are like oh bloody hell yeah oh is he going oh, I'm not going if he's going that when you die um, because you're so rejected by the living you are rejected by the, the, the pearly gates I suppose and you can oh. be dragged down to hell where you become the Bartle's plaything but if you rather than roll around in the misery in the dire uh, if you start saying things like ah these things happen la di da you'll or, wind them up you know it, it gets them angry it gets the little little the little Bartle gets a little yattering angry um, to this point you that the one thing we didn't mention is that they're invisible you don't know they're there if they can become so infuriated that they reveal themselves and start screaming a little I always say this idea is little tiny fists just pumping up and down going, Yeah, what's the matter with you? Which, oh, it's, oh, just I'm screaming. It's not from the West Country. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's the, That's not how I imagine can't it. Can't do a high pitched West Country accent. <laughs> oh, you coming around here. Oh, you've dreamed all your I've pissed in your cornflakes. What? I don't know what's happening. Uh, oh, dee goody go. It's just. Oh, no. Uh, but if you can make it do that, if you can reveal it to be, get to a point where it does, it, it reveals itself to you, um, you own it. The idea is that like, you can wish, you can make wishes. Oh, my God. You can, like a gin or a genie, you can be like, and, and it's not, it's none of this three wishes nonsense either. You just, it's yours until the day you die. Well, again, this sounds like what I was saying earlier. With them, um, uh-huh. it sounds like a cautionary tale that mm. someone's made up to get someone to do what they want. They're like, "Oh, don't be grumpy." Or they're fed up with their husband being yeah. grumpy, so they're like, "Oh, maybe more a kid." If you cheer up, cheer up. 
then he'll show himself and yeah. he'll make wishes. Uh-huh. And they're like, oh. If you're miserable all the time and, you know, you really do my head in, if you just, you know, the bottle that have you. But I tell you what, if they believed that, then they'd be really happy all the time. And uh-huh. that would probably be even more annoying. Then maybe that's what's happening. These people who go through life inexplicably untouched by... <laughs> They're the ones that like, you know, oh, everything's fine. Maybe they know what's going on. Yeah. Maybe they've had a close run in with the Bartle. I've got some fun bar guest facts for you. Oh, hit us with I'm going to hit you. So Please don't hit me. All right, I'm definitely going to cut that out. Let's not have any, <laughs> let's not have any fucking domestic <laughs> violence jokes in the podcast. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Add that to a list of no-fly zones. Domestic <laughs> violence jokes probably not allowed. <laughs> Jesus, Laura. <laughs> Fucking hell! <laughs> just vision of people at home going, "Wait, was that like was that like a Will Smith cry for help?" You know, like where he's on the podcast going, "Yeah, everything's really fine." Please don't hit me. Please don't hit me. Ha ha ha! Um, so yeah, yeah, I've got some great little bar guest facts for you. Um, they can't cross rivers. So all I can think is, if a bar guest came to York, right? That's going to be tricky because we've got two rivers running straight through the middle of our city, mm. Foss and the Ooze. The bar, it'd be like, oh man. And like, does it, how would it get from, would it have to get a long way around? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, and I would argue the point that a river kind of runs, runs, runs yeah. all the way to the sea. So surely I was going to say, it can't be the same bar gust, bar gust, <laughs> the town gust. It can't gust. be the same bar guest all over the country. No, well, that's the thing. They say there are different ones. Separated by rivers. Yeah, they've got their own sort of like, like um, in the days of old, old days of old, when kings and queens had, you know, when we had kings of all the different areas, like before William the Conqueror basically claimed everything for himself. Maybe that's it. Maybe England, Scotland, it's all broken up into different little lumps. The king of the north. The king of the bar guest of the north. The bar guest of the north. The bar guest of the the south. South. (laughs) Other compass directions are available. (laughs) Um, it can become invisible and more often than not is unseen. The only thing that will alert you of its presence are the sounds of the rattling chains and the breath on your neck. The chains is an interesting thing. Uh, Reverend Thomas Parkinson wrote in 1888, the apparition of that of a black dog. Uh, long hair and immense eyes, large as saucers and bright as fire. Often he drags with him, fixed to his feet or round his neck, a chain whose clanking in the stillness and darkness of the night add to the much terror he hath inspired. Hmm. That's the sound of chains going. Yeah, there's all these wonderful uh, various words, as I said. Um, uh, The interesting one is that the, the bar guest has become... Featured loads of times in um, media, uh, literature, books, te- television, films. Mm-hmm. Um, Robin Jarvis is, wrote a book called The Wits of You Witches. Um, bar guest features in that. Roald Dahl's The Witches, the bar guest is mentioned. Really? In the book. I hadn't picked up on that one. Yeah. Uh, Neil Gaiman wrote a short story called The Black Dog. The bar guest constantly pops up in Dungeons and Dragons. Um, in the video game The Witcher, the bar guest is like a un- near unkillable uh, bad guy that you have to fight and you can barely get rid of it. Um but probably Sherlock the most. Holmes? Sh- I was just going to say, yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, so, I ruined it. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Uh, Dartmoor in Devon, Richard uh, Richard Cabell or Richard Cable, C A B E L L. Cabell? Cabell. Cabell. Richard Cabell, uh, who, who uh, passed away in 1677. Um, it's believed he sold his soul to the devil. And in his funeral in 1677, uh, the bar guest appeared, made a very special appearance. He's said to have leapt up onto the coffin and released this immense, dragging the soul down to hell and then yeah, promptly so. disappeared. Uh, and it's said that Arthur Conan Doyle based Hound of the Baskervilles on that moment. Mm-hmm. The idea of the mm-hmm. Hound of the Baskervilles. So obviously most recent incarnation would probably be Sherlock. But as I mentioned, yeah, it goes all the way back to the Grecian times. Um, Betchworth Castle in Surrey has a black dog that prowls the grounds and haunts at night. And this is my favourite thing, right? Go on. I have turned up a phrase that I am definitely going to work into my tour, um, probably around Bedern when we're talking about the, 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 the industrial ragged schools and the children and, the, you know, it's a, it's a, so I'm gonna, I'll describe it to you first and I'll, I'll tell you what they're called. So they are noisy ghosts of unbaptized children 
who take on the form of small black dogs. They were said to be souls of babies who would return to torment the parents, and they're called gabble wretchets. That is disgusting. They say this area is haunted by the gabble wretchet. Ah, oh, so good. Amazing. The you gave me an eye twitch. Gabble wretchet is fantastic. May I just go back to something that you brought up a minute ago? Please do. About the bar guest dragging you down to hell. Mm-hmm. So I read somewhere that um, in one part of the country, they would always have reports of whenever the bar guest had been sighted, they could never find it when they go back to, you know, prove that it was there. But there'd always be scorch marks on the ground where it'd mm. been, suggesting that it had come from hell and it was still hot. Mm. Well, I think it's time for our first ever guest on the Deathly Dark podcast. Oh, yes. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, Let's bring him in. Let's bring him in. Open the doors. Turn on the smoke machine. Let's hear the studio audience go wild. It's our good friend, Jack. Last name redacted for legal purposes. (laughs) Hi. Hello, Jack. Hello. I was going to say good evening. Good evening. Good evening. I tend to do that all yeah. the time. Who are you? Who am I? Who I, are I, you? I am a um, sound person. I do sound things for TV and film. Had you said that in the 90s, it would have had a very different context. Yeah. Obviously, we're here to talk about ghosts and strange and weird goings on. And I've just got a feeling you're going to have some something pretty meaty. Now, we don't know. When we invite a guest on, we have no idea what our guests are going to bring to the table. I think we just, I think we just open it up. Yeah. Yeah. Are you, comfort, are you comfortable in sharing this? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm excited. I'm a, I'm a natural skeptic, so I don't. Bl- yeah. We can talk about that yeah. a bit first, actually. Yeah. So it was an interesting dynamic at the table because I am a skeptic who desperately wants to believe that there's something out there. But over the last few weeks, months, um, I've had my perception altered quite dramatically because we've moved into an old house. Mm. And there have been strange goings on that I just genuinely can't. Mrs. Deathly is just a firm believer, has been for decades, and, and has, I think, a greater perception of these things. When we went to East Drive straight away, you knew there was something wrong about the place. And now you're here as a staunch... Yes, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So <laughs> nope, I think we've, yeah. got, we've now got the three. We've got absolutely not. Possibly, maybe. Absolutely is. But my kind of approach to it is... Why is it always women in frocks and men in, you know, Roman mm-hmm. centurions and stuff and all that? Where's the, you know, cats? Well, how would you the, know? Well, you know, it's always, it's always if a like, ghost cat ran past you. You wouldn't. You just think it's a cat. Good point. But whoa, yeah, I've... but but I mean, like you, you go to an abattoir and you're not suddenly uh-huh. dwarfed by the, all of these dead cows. Ghost beef. Yeah, just. Like <laughs> an ethereal, disembodied more. Yeah, exactly. You don't, there's no, there's no soft mm-hmm. mooings in the night. It's just always like some woman screaming because she was murdered. And I think you know most cows would probably. Have. You're right over there. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Such a weird thing to be laughing about. This woman like murdered in the night. Mrs. Death is in the corner going, "Yeah, brilliant." <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like it's always always because they've got unfinished business. It's like uh-huh. I reckon a few of those cows had stuff to do, you know, yeah, yeah. and they're not and they're, they're not coming back. I'm curious. Like, what are you? What are you gonna? Well, there's two things. Let's have them. They're, they're both separate. There's one that I can't explain. Okay. Which I I have an idea, but I don't think it's okay. correct. And the other is a tale where I think we were taken for a ride, but the person who mm-hmm. it happened to was adamant was oh. the, the case. The gasp. Um, but I was there t- I was witness to that, as right. it were. Um, so the first thing, which is the thing that I, I personally witnessed, have no corroborating evidence because there was nobody else with me. I can't quite explain it, um, but I think I can, <laughs> if that makes sense. But it was, it was back when I lived in York, um, I'd finished a shift at the cinema that I worked at, and I was waiting for the bus. So this is at Monk's Cross, not Monk's Cross, Clifton, Clifton Moor. Moor. Um, sat at the bus stop, as uh, any York residents may be aware, it's right next to the Tesco's. Um, waiting for the <laughs> it's bus. It's good Tesco, that one. Yeah, it was probably the last bus of the night, so I think it was about midnight or something like that. And it was a very overcast uh, night. 
and this incredibly bright ball of light shot across the sky. And it was faster than a plane would have gone. It was brighter than, like, so, you know, you see the little plane blips. It was too overcast to have seen a plane. It, it lit up the cloud around it and went shooting through the sky and just, woof, gone. And I was like, that's weird. Um, no idea what that is. Uh, and then just got on with got on the bus and left. Sort a of ball. Thing. So yes, and I looked it up in a few years after the fact because <laughs> it was just one of those things you did, I didn't think much about. And scientifically, it could have been sheet lightning. I was going to say, but all of the examples I've seen of sheet lightning didn't match it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like it was. It was. It's, it's really it's, it's difficult to say. It was almost like there was um, somebody had a big ball that was like a little, you know mm-hmm. like a, 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 one of those lanterns and just rolled it over the top of the clouds. So it was all very um, di- what's what diffused uh-huh. and so on. Whereas well, from what I've seen of sheet lightning, you can still see quite a bit of definition in the arcs and stuff like that. Is, so is ball lightning a thing? It could be. I yeah, that is kind of creepy, isn't it? I mean, I'd say, I'm, like, that's the kind of thing that if it happened now, it somebody somewhere might have caught it on their phone. Hmm. And it'd have been like, oh, it was a meteor, meteorite or something. Yeah, yeah. But I don't, I mean, I didn't see anything, like, the, the weather reports and all that sort of stuff. There was no, it was just overcast, as it would be any other overcast day. There was no, no rain expected. It was just very cloudy. You couldn't see the sky. Um, but it's just, that is one of the few things that I've tried to look into. Can't really explain it. It's just something that happened. Um, but again, I don't believe it was ghosts. <laughs> um, no, nor do I believe it was a UFO or a low flying plane. Cause there was no noise. Mm-hmm. There was no sound. It was just the light. Mm-hmm. Well, as we know, weather cloud, the sky can do odd things. We were, we were filming, um, a few years ago on a, on a, a boat on the River Ouse. And, you know, that's a whole story in itself, the fact that we turned up to the York Marina and this sort of <laughs> um, hemped-coated Jesus-like figure pretty much pointed at this this little blue and white boat and said, there's your boat. And we were like, any any kind of training? or No, no, no. It's like we've been transported back to the 1970s and but like, yeah, mate, just take it. <laughs> like, yeah. So we all got on the boat and we went out and it was the, yes, it was the, 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 the winds were coming over, the sand's coming over from the, the Sahara and, We've been. The, it said in the, the sky will be going a, a sort of slightly reddish hue, but it turned. It was like blood red, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was, uh, and on camera as well. Mm-hmm. We were shooting it. It looked like you know the the typical we're filming in Mexico mm-hmm. look, where everything wait, goes we? orange, mm-hmm. and we were like, we can't film in this because it's color correction is completely so, wrong. <laughs> we were just there drifting down the river ooze in this this this. Um, ramshackle little tiny boat that was taking water on. Um, I had this very strange experience like that when I was, I was, I lived in Hull in the late nineties and I was walking home with a couple of bags of shopping and it was really, it's like a bright sunny day. It was hot, humid, blue skies. And it literally, it went, it went so dark. Like someone had like reached down and got the dial and just, (laughs) and it does. And it's, it's so much that people, everyone sort of stopped and went, and like I remember very distinctly, one woman like she almost like it was like a weird like oh like it yeah. freaked her out because it was so <laughs> rapid. She thought the world was ending. And, but then then like hailstones hit us with yeah. like the the heaviest hail I've I think ever I seen. This. It was like ninety eight, ninety nine, nineteen ninety eight, ninety nine. You well, were, I mean, no, no, you, I was born in eighty four. I know, Come on. I know. You were like, a, yeah, you know, but <laughs> I remember just being like myself and my, my, my housemate at the time. We had, to, we had to run and hide underneath like a little canopy outside of a shop. Everyone was just like, it went from just this really warm summer day to just, the, and you could feel the temperatures went bang, and everyone was like, whoa! It was mm. the weirdest shift in weather. I haven't seen a video that matched what I saw on the night. That's basically yeah. where, that's that's why I'm like, I can't really explain that. Skyballs, of course, is. Um, the forgotten James Bond film. <laughs> Scabbles. <laughs> that should be the intro music. Have you seen... Oh. <laughs> Just Adele bellowing out, Skyballs. <laughs> so you said there was a second one. Yes. So this was a few years later. It was on Halloween. 
which is why I, I, mm. I, I think it's majorly so, sketchy. Uh, but the, I was um, cinema manager at the time, um, cashing up at the end of the night with the general manager. Um, now, the cinema that I worked at has a history. It's a very old, it's a converted theatre. Um, it's been, I think it's been a cinema for about 100 years, but there was a theatre before that. Um, and there's lots of various stories about, and cleaners have said that they've heard voices and stuff in the auditorium late at night uh, when there's nobody in and that sort of thing. Um, I do remember that there was a story um, in the second screen, which was would have been the stalls of the theatre. Um, the ladies' toilets has a cupboard next to it, which was apparently the original um, costume store. So it had a really high mm-hmm. ceiling. Um, which was obviously where the costume rails would have been hung up high. And there was a story that there was a, a, a one performance, one of the costume men fell in love with one of the girls on the stage, professed his love to her, she rebuked him, and he was found hanging from one of those rails, oh, apparently. Yeah. There's one of the ghosts that is said to reside in that Loving building. old theatre. Yeah. Um, so, in the office, cashing up, and one of the ushers, who's... We're finished for the night. Everything's been cleaned up. We're just going through the money, cashing up, that sort of thing. And we get a call over the radio. Can somebody come to the screen too, please? Oh, God. Like that. And we were like, is everything all right? Are you okay? Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, just, can somebody uh, can somebody join me to the screen too, please? And I was like, okay. Very strange. Um, came out of the office. Uh, and... The usher pointed to that cupboard area and said, I've just heard somebody say hello in there. Um, somebody said hello. And, like, and I said hello back. And I was like, right. Did they respond? <laughs> she's like, no. But I'm, she's like, well, it's rich. I'm just really freaked out. And I was like, okay. Oh. So, you know, joke's on her. We had to spend about 20 minutes of the rest of the night scouring the entire building See because it's, it's, it's a security risk oh, yeah. if we, we don't want to lock somebody in a, a cinema overnight uh, and we looked all over the place nobody anywhere near um, and she was absolutely adamant that there was somebody had spoken to her in that toilet and we were like there's nobody here there's nobody in mm. whatever um, I think that it was a bit of uh, Halloween hijinks but if so uh, that usher was a very good actor because <laughs> uh, they they were Shitted up is the only, way to, <laughs> the only maybe, way to describe. Maybe they had like creeped themselves out because mm. it was Halloween and imagined it. Yeah. Like, well, oh, the other thing it, I was thinking oh, is God. perhaps it was. Um, well, that was one of the things we said is it could have been somebody because there were they, um, that was on the outside of the, like, like the um, exterior wall of the building is mm-hmm. where that toilet was. So there was a window, and you can. There was a, um, an alleyway to the side, and we were like. Maybe it was just somebody playing the prank on the outside, but there was CCTV on that wall, and we checked the CCTV, and there's nobody down that. Oh, I love it. Nobody had been down that um, mm-hmm. side of the building for at least four hours. So, yeah, there was nobody there. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. But they, they were adamant that it, that it was legitimate. Um, and Hello. I was like, well... Very polite, though. <laughs> yes. Non-confrontational. But apparently, the, I love that she said hello back. Yeah, I, I well, I like... think it was just the thing of she she thought there was somebody in the toilet, uh-huh. oh. and you know, because because that was the whole point of the end hello? checks of the night is just hello? to check. Yeah, that was essentially what happened. She said hello. Someone oh, said hello well, back. It's an, Eng- it's an English thing. Is that is the, yeah. well, you're too damn polite? Someone says hello. You mean oh, hello? <laughs> <laughs> well, I always is um in. If a situation where there's a home invasion, you're being burgled, and someone downstairs, you, one of the very first things you say is "Hello." Yeah, <laughs> like, it is. It's, it's, no, not me. Hello. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Can I help you? Yes. You appear to be in my house. <laughs> the first thing I would say is no, no, no. no. Did you, am I really thinking? Did you say that the th- so the theatre you work in? There's a there's a story about a dog. Is that right? Oh yes, yeah, so because um, this will tie in really because this episode is obviously we've been we've been talking about the bar guests, so that'd be a lovely little connection. Yes, so the um, this is same town, different. So uh, there was a cinema, now working in a theatre, mm-hmm. um, the Darlington Hippodrome, uh, and there was stories because the the the, built, the person who built the theatre used to live there. Um, there was one of the main dressing room before it was refurbished was his flat, uh, where he used to live. Um, and he was married to a very rich 
I believe, a Russian aristocrat or something, and she had a pet dog that she adored. Um, and the dog, during that, that time, this is in like about 1910, something like that, uh, the dog had died. And one of the stories from the theatre is that the dog's still haunted. Because um, there's a few ghosts in that theatre, but the one of them is the, uh, the ghost of this dog. And apparently, when they did the refurbishment in 2017, because it's a listed building, so they had to basically you know, rebuild the inside but keep the aesthetics yeah. and everything yeah. Yeah, the same as it would have been when it was made. Um, and apparently the builders found the bones of the dog in the walls wow. of the theatre. That was a thing back in the that, day, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, this was the whole Animals thing to ward. Walls. Yeah, it was, um, it was an idea about walling um, beloved pets into your... would, would keep away fire. Isn't that mm. why the Golden Slipper's called the Golden Slipper? Golden, I think the Golden Slipper Am is... Am I mistaken? Um, this is a slipper inside the wall. They found, yeah, they found an old boot, but they, 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 yeah, they, they, what is it? It's the, the Royal Oak. The Royal Oak and the Golden Slipper, I think. I think the, what, there's two on, on Goodrum Gate, so. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah they, they had the shoot, the death shoot. So, like, sometimes people would die in their rooms. Um, and this was the thing, that if you, if, you, if you knew the end was coming, to not be a burden to your family, you just go, like, get in a room in a pub somewhere and just be like, and just wait for it. Uh, oh, there it is. <laughs> and then they had a shoot to the bodies down. Wow. So onto the, just to, straight outside, onto the car, off they go, done. Brilliant. Just like you're recycling, just you know, yeah. <laughs> in a, in a desert. But yeah, we they found um, it's the, the 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 main story. I think the the, the most popular one in in uh, York is the old Star Inn on Stonegate. Mm-hmm. That there was a dog in the pub, and it was it, one day this dog was like looking at a point of the wall, and it was for ages. It was going to suddenly ran full pelt at the wall, made a hole in the plaster, and knocked itself unconscious. And when they opened the wall up to repair it, they found some. Um, cat skeletons mm. inside the wall. It's so you think this this lady's dog might have been? Well, that's what that's yeah. the, the assumption I believe. Because what, what did it did it stay there after the body had been taken away? Um, I'm not aware. Yeah, because so, I, I, yeah. I believe that the, the the bones were removed and interred somewhere uh-huh. else. As far as I'm aware, yeah. As as most like horror TV shows have taught us, you have to burn the bones and salt them to to (laughs) allow the spirit to move on. Do you know the dog's name? I did. I can't Uh, remember off the top of my head. A bitter disappointment. Um, But they do. I know six out of ten didn't know the dog's name. (laughs) The theatre does do ghost tours, so Uh they they have all. I think we're going to have to get involved in this. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know it's the ghost of Senor Pepe used to be there, um, who was the man who. he <laughs> apparently Senor Pepe. Senor Pepe. He was the premier, world, one of the world's premier quick change artists in the mm. early 1900s, and he opened a string of theatres in the northeast. Uh, one of which was being the Darlington Hippodrome, the New Hippodrome, as it was called at the time, hmm. uh, a variety music hall. And there's a lot of stories about him. There was the 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 the, the, the big one is the day he died, which I believe was the same day that Anna Pavlova performed at the theatre. Hmm. His body was was being taken, I think, to Scotland to be buried with his wife. And as they went over the Pennines, a fog descended very quickly. So the funeral procession had to basically shore up for the night. And the, sto- the tale is that Signor Pepe's spirit left the funeral procession and returned to the theatre where he continued to sit in his specific seat. Oh. Favourite seat. Yes, which oh. I believe, before the refurbishment, was the 666th seat. Well, I think that, 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 Nate, that's beautiful. We've ra- Let's wrap it up there, I think. Um, thanks for joining us, Jack. No problem. It's the, been emotional. Yeah, <laughs> the, uh, the door's over there. Get, go on, get out. Get out. No. thanks for joining us Um, and everyone that was Jack insert applause insert insert wild applause fade to next section here (laughs) so every episode we're going to take it in turns to present to each other a ridiculous ghost story that we found on the internet uh it's, it's my turn because this is the first time we've done it and I sort of ambushed you with it about half an hour ago. So this is a story I found. It was written in the Daily Mail in July 2019. Are you ready? 
I am ready. You strap yourselves in. So, here's firstly, here's the uh, the the the, the subline from the the, the, okay. the from the headline. It, it, it reads: <laughs> Amanda Teague, forty-six, from Northern Ireland, claims to have married a three hundred-year-old ghost pirate. I'm in. Straight out the gate. Count me bloody in. Straight out of the gate. Uh, Amanda Teague, forty-six, from Northern Ireland, claims to have married a ghost. The former medium now says she has to divorce her 300-year-old pirate husband because apparently he attacked her. Oh, my God. Appearing on this morning, they said how Jack was sucking out her life energy, claiming she had had an exorcism to be rid of him and has now quit mediumship. She said as a result of stress, she nearly died of sepsis and that the ghost pirate was to blame. So there you go. I mean, I can I can read you the whole article if you want. It's incredible. I don't know where to start with that. A woman who was hit headlines last year when she claimed to be married to a 300-year-old ghost pirate has now revealed she has divorced him, claiming that he tried to kill her. So let's just... let's just Right, so she's been in the papers before. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. Because she married a 300-year-old ghost pirate. Can... It's so specific. Like, she's married a ghost. Wait. Sorry. She's married a ghost. But that's not spicy enough. But, but she's married a 300-year-old ghost. But, yeah, but, wait. Go on. There's more. She's married a 300-year-old ghost pirate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, she said she married her spirit lover, Jack, because, of course, he's called Jack, yeah. back in 2016, but had to have their nuptials in international waters as the wedding wouldn't be considered legal. Um. Anything goes international waters. May I? Anything you. I thought you were going to say international waters because uh, he has to stay submerged. Like like Davy Jones' locker. Like yeah. He can't. He has to. He he's he's tied to the boat. Moon. Um, she appeared on an episode of This Morning and revealed that she had nearly died of sepsis in June 2018, claiming that Jack was to blame and she had had him exercise last year and has now quit mediumship. Explaining what was happening, she said Jack was basically an energy vampire. When we die, it's normal to stay in the earthbound realm for a period, but when spirits stay around too long, they need an energy source. So she knew all That's this going fair in. Enough. Maybe she's like, I can change him. Oh. oh, he's a 300-year-old energy vampire pirate ghost, but I can change him. <laughs> I'm a 46-year-old woman. I can change him. Uh, what I love more than anything is a photo... A- oh, God. <laughs> oh, there's a photograph of her on her wedding day. On her own? No, well, mm, she's she's got a flag with a skull and crossbones. She's in a white dress. She's got a bouquet, a bouquet of flowers, but she's also got an A1 picture of Johnny Depp from Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> because obviously if it's a ghost pirate called Jack, he's going to be Johnny Depp. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh. He's not going to be... You're not gonna be oh. I want to know what she has to say about that. I mean, there's no comment on it. Um, viewers were left in shock by the segment and took to Twitter to share their thoughts with one saying, current feelings might hook up with a 300-year-old ghost and ruin my life. Another posted, there's always two sides to every story. I think we're going to need to hear the ghost pirate side. Please book them ASAP. I'd say you're scraping the barrel here. Oh, but that's clearly the ghost pirate's husband looking for the last of the rum. Oh, unbelievable. Someone sat down and typed that thinking, brilliant. Can I ask? (laughs) I'm sorry. If if you're going to make it through here without any questions, I'd be surprised. Can I ask why she got sepsis? Um, was was it because he was draining her energy? Like, what, what? she doesn't say. She just says that she got sepsis. I, I mean, I, I've not spent a great. I'm not sure. I've not spent is. an. I've not spent a massive amount of time with ghost pirates or sepsis or sepsis. So I don't know whether the two line up. Um, oh goodness me! Amanda's romance with Jack started in 2014 when she said she felt his presence. Ooh, uh. mm. and eventually the pair began talking and got to know each other. Two years after they first met. They told how the couple got engaged because she didn't want to have casual sex with a ghost. <laughs> it, it's even what's even better is there's a photograph here. She's, she's got bridesmaids. Like people have people have people have gone sure. I mean, it's one thing to be like, "There's a ghost in my house," and it's a bit strange. But like, yeah, um, apparently, uh, Eamon Holmes 
popular TV celebrity host man uh, was stunned as Amanda uh, called her ghost husband an energy vampire who was trying to use her body to return to the physical world. Amanda said she was suffering from recurring health problems and bad luck after her marriage to Jack and blames her former ghost husband for when she was hospitalised with sepsis. Now, I, th- I'm, don't get, I might be wrong, but I think one of the symptoms of sepsis is uh, hallucinations. Um, and specifically and and other such things um yes i've got it here uh, the initial it is a, uh, an infection that causes injury to owns tissues and organs an initial stage is followed by a suppression of the immune system highly common signs and symptoms include fever increased heart rate increased breathing rate confusion ghost and pilot. delirium delirium and um, a craving for a bit of bit of that from a ghost pirate apparently oh. spectral sausage um, the unlikely pair sailed a boat away from Ireland into international waters where they were married. Amanda previously claimed that sex with a ghost, this, is, this article is now taking a turn, is different to sleeping with humans, and she can feel the pressure when Jack touches her, though she cannot see his face or body. She says now that she began to notice things were going wrong shortly after the wedding. So there was no issue when she firstly encountered a 300-year-old ghost pirate who called himself Jack. Oh. Things only went wrong after the wedding. Where did they meet? It's not really said that. It's just, just they, She wow. was aware of this his presence. did not do their job. Um, she said, I started to get all these health ailments. Bad things started happening to me. Um she gets scurvy. Growing concerned, Amanda said she began to ask her medium friends what they thought of it. And her friends reassured her, saying, I'm sure it's fine. It went on for almost two years. My health was getting worse and worse at the point that I ended up with sepsis and I almost died having to have emergency surgery. There's nothing funny about that. It's like, you know, it tragic, getting sepsis and having emergency. awful sort of thing. But, you know, it's... Uh, she, she's, she holds fast that, that the sepsis was caused because Jack was using her as an energy vampire. Unfortunately, he had never accepted his own death and he wanted to continue living through my body. A lot of red flags and after the operation, I figured out it was definitely, it was definitely him and he intended to do me harm. And when I realised that, I ended up having an exorcism at the end of last year. But... Amanda said, despite her hardships, she wouldn't change a thing because she had learned a lot of lessons. However, she said she didn't want to interact with the spirit world any longer, saying, I have completely quit all mediumship now. I have learned the other side of it. She added, I was stronger than him, and ultimately, I am proud of what I did. I am much happier. Well, good for her. Yeah. Good for her. You know, towards the end of that, I was like, actually, she does sound... Like she's got it together, <laughs> but I'm 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 just going to put it out there that, that you know, um, but maybe the sepsis was there for a while. <laughs> I don't know how long it lasts for, but maybe you know. Oh, I yeah. don't know. I don't know. It's one thing I think to. Just, <laughs> just... <laughs> you need a minute. <laughs> it's just so outrageous. I love it. I absolutely love it. And I wish her nothing but the best if ever by some bizarre occurrence she hears this podcast. Oh, my goodness me. I just think it's, I think it's, inc- I, you know, I, I, I hope she's well. And I hope she's found a nice, I hope she's found herself a nice, you know, at least a, 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 a hundred year old ghost pirate. You know, go for someone a little bit closer to your age. I hope he feels truly. Jack is, yeah, beside himself. for what he did. Oh, there you have it. 300-year-old ghost pirate shenanigans. <laughs> uh, the bar guest of York. And, of course, Jack joining us um, with with his various um, do they, don't they, can they, one of the huge philosophical questions asked there. Um, if you want to hear the full version uh, of the interview with Jack, um, we will always be posting the full un- unedited shambolic chaos and madness that is our interviews um, with our guests, our friends, onto our Patreon. Uh, there'll be a link for that somewhere around the spot if you want more of this. We normally end up, I think we record for about 40, 45 minutes with our guests and then we whittle it down somehow to about 10, 15 minutes. So if you want three times the the jack action in your life, in your ears, then, 
go <laughs> go find us on there. Well, it wasn't it lovely to bring this back. It was, yeah, yeah, a nice, a nice change, a nice change, a welcome change. Uh, <sighs> right, um, go away. It's been good. It's been good. Go 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 go. Um, make that cup of tea you wanted that you've been thinking about for the last half hour. Um, pop upstairs and have that have that poo you know is in that crowning. You know, you've held it together for so long. that Maybe you're listening to this. On the toilet. On the toilet. You know, I've often said I have no doubt that I've created much content over the years that people listen to while uh, while curling one out. And on that note, stay safe. Stay spooky. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.